So, what's the plan? Right. Take car, go to Mum's, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! Hello and welcome to Rose Tinted Review, the show where every week we pick something that we are nostalgic for, we then revisit it and review it to find out whether or not our hindsight truly is 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose tinted glasses. I am your host, Connor O'Keen. With me as always is my wonderful friend and co-host, Michael Jobaz. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing good, Connor, but I'm sorry. Okay, that joke doesn't work because I can't smell <laughs> no, whatever no, no. you've we're, done in your own private we're space. We're on a fucking web, web call, so... Yeah. But God damn it, we need it for the bit. All right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this week, this week we are Tick hitting box, the 2004... Exactly, yeah, bit, bit accomplished. 2004 horror comedy film directed by Edgar Wright, written by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Oh, my God, I love this movie. Uh, Sean, along with his friend Ed, uh, are caught unaware by the zombie apocalypse. They attempt to take refuge in a local pub with their loved ones. Did you say the title of the film? Dead. Yeah, I said Sean of the Dead. Did I? Did I not say Sean of the, Sean of the Dead? Fucking, we'll, we'll you just clicked tapes. on the podcast. God damn it. Also, part one of the Cornetto trilogy. Yes, yes. The first in the Cornetto trilogy, the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy, Three Flavors trilogy. It's good. It goes by a lot of titles. This this trilogy. Yeah, yeah. And, I've always uh, I've always liked Cornetto, so I, uh, that's what I call it. Yeah, I like Cornetto trilogy. I also like Blood and Ice Cream trilogy though, because it's it's nice. Although yeah. uh, we'll we'll get into it. We'll, we'll get it. We'll get into it. All right. Uh, so we're we're hitting this these three one after the other uh, for episode 30, 31, and thirty two. Marathon. To celebrate. Woo. Yeah, an arbitrary number and, and hitting six about six months of, uh, of doing this podcast. So join us as we basically suck Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's dukes for three weeks. I thought we hadn't, we hadn't done that enough during Spaced, so yeah, we'll, <laughs> yeah, just, definitely. we'll just keep doing it. Well, I mean, uh, considering we did do Spaced, I think, I think it's good that we got Spaced out of the way because uh, this movie... Uh, was was partly or uh, at least a, a decent amount inspired by is it the second episode or third episode? I third think it's episode, the second I think episode. It is. Third with, episode, it is. With it is the, the zombies. Third episode. Second episode is the party. Uh, Art is the name of the episode. Third episode of season one of Spaced with uh, the zombies and whatnot. Uh, we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves. What um what was your first experience with this movie? What's your history with this movie? So I I remember when this movie came out. I didn't see it for a couple of years. Just from the, t- I hadn't seen any trailers or whatever. I didn't have access to a lot of internet, so I, I just heard word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And I heard, I think, probably coming back from a school holidays, and a bunch of the kids were like, "Oh man, over to break, I saw Shaun of the Dead. That was funny." And I'm like, "Shaun of the Dead, like Dawn of the Dead." And they're like, "Yeah, it's real funny zombie movie." And for some reason, all my mind went to was like scary movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, man, eh, that doesn't, yeah, whatever. And then like fast forward a million years. Probably not. Probably like two or three. And I was very, very into zombie movies. Love that stuff. And I was like, yeah, let's check this out. And yeah, I don't know if I had understood that it was something different to what I had initially thought or whether that was the first viewing. Because I think it was because I was I was pleasantly surprised by the kind of comedy film this is when I was expecting a parody genre film with a bunch of dumb jokes and this being not that at all. 
but yeah, a, a very good like personal story with jokes in their own right. There's a couple of jokes on the zombie stuff. Um, mm. Although, are we are we using the Z word? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, they kind of poke fun at the genre a little bit, but for the most part, it's just funny jokes in the situation of a z- zombie apocalypse. Yeah, totally. My first exposure to this was uh, through my dad. I think I would have been in year seven, uh, so about 13, uh, and he he hit me to it. He he watched it first and was like, this is so fucking, like, this is so fucking funny and scary and this is right up Connor's alley. And, um... Got me to got me to watch it with him, which I'm glad he did because it scared the shit out of me as a kid. Like the, <laughs> the scares in this movie actually genuinely got me really, really good. The first, I mean, definitely the first time I watched it, and and the f- a few consecutive times afterwards as well. But it also made me laugh so hard. Um, I think this was the first time I like noticed a script. Like mm. noticed the dialogue in a, in, a, in a movie being like really really sharp, and I think it's what it, it was probably. Dad had always shown me like Seinfeld and The Simpsons and like good well written comedy growing up, but I think this was the first time in a movie scenario where I went fuck this dialogue is really sharp, and it it, it, it kind of made me it made me fall in love with that with with writing dialogue because it it showed me that it could be simultaneously be kind of realistic but also heightened and witty and funny and have gags but also those could service the plot and the narrative and tell us more about the characters and stuff it it, it subconsciously just kind of ticked something over in my head and I went ooh I want to do this um yep. in terms of in terms of writing and stuff so was this your I think this was my first experience with Edgar Wright I think I saw yeah, space this, after this, this. Yes, I saw Spaced after after this. I saw Spaced between this and Hot Fuzz. That's right. Well, I think that's just, what that's after what seeing it was. Spaced, I was like, I, I just want to. Sorry, after seeing this, yeah, I was like, I just want to consume as much of these guys' work as For possible. For me, I think I saw Spaced in between Hot Fuzz and World's End. Nice. And yeah, this was. I really enjoyed it, but I don't know if it was enough of a of a light bulb moment for me to go, okay, mm-hmm. who the fuck is this Edgar Wright? I'm going to mm-hmm. check out all his shit. Mm-hmm. I think more when I saw the trailers for Hot Fuzz, I recognized like that's Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Hey, there's a a, a fence gag that's in the other yeah, one. Yeah, right. And so then I yep, sort yep, of yep. like put those clues together like that, and I was less thinking about it in a director's perspective. So that's why it took me a bit longer to to get into that shit and become yeah. a, just an absolute mark for it. Yeah, like I'm yeah, sure totally. you are. <laughs> I think it being super funny and the script being so tight made me enjoy the the, the horrifying aspects that much more because yeah. you would we've talked about the pendulum thing before, but I would be swinging back between like genuinely like oh my god what the fuck and like just laughing hysterically at dumb shit Ed says or the fence gag. What's the matter, David? I'm taking a shortcut before. so many lines that me and my friends used to used to quote because it was one of the movies that I I then went to school the next day and was just raving about and and got as many of my friends to watch it as possible and then again being 13 like this was this was just before I kind of went okay I want to like this is something I would like to do with my life um this was around the time that I was just getting into movies as a as a thing and just feeling like I could at least be a fan 
of of this of this thing and the fact that Shaun of the Dead had all these I mean this reverence for the the zombie movie genre and all these little little nods and really tasteful uh references and stuff made it a really rewarding repeat viewing experience Mm. and and it made me go like like I think it maybe planted the seed in my head that like that just being a geek for something, being just a real fucking fan of something, could be in service of something, like could help towards <laughs> uh, something down the line, you know? Yeah. So like, th- yeah, t- take the wheel because I or like like please say something because I'm not sure how to tackle this one. <laughs> I, I love this movie so much, uh, and all uh, like all three of these movies so much that I'm I'm like nervous. Speaking, you, you mentioned about repeat viewing. Uh, mm-hmm. Spoilers for a little bit later. There was something that I noticed this watch through that I'd never noticed before, and I was like, "Really? Oh my god, that's a little, that's a little reference." I know. Wait, wait, wait. I don't know exactly what you're talking about. I thought I did. We'll we'll get into it a little bit later. Um, (laughs) Okay. I would, I would say I I really like this movie, but if I was going Mm -hmm. to rank it out of the trilogy, it's probably Mm -hmm. the lowest for me. Really? Yeah, which is funny since ah. I am a big mark for zombies. Yeah, um, yeah. That that it falls that low. But I just think that uh, as we'll go through them, just uh, technically as as films, they get better and better and like tighter. Yeah, um, not absolutely. This isn't tight. Like like you said, the the script is awesome. Dialogue's mm. really good. Uh, not just a like we talked a lot about setup and payoff in in Jurassic Park. But it's mm-hmm. not just like a setup and a payoff to well, it sort of is. The like a lot of the jokes, like you've got red on you, and then it's like, oh, it's red ink leaked, and then after they've smashed the heads in of zombies, they're like, you've got red on you, and it's yeah. covered in zombie blood. And all mm-hmm. of the lines of like pre and post zombie apocalypse are yeah, reused yeah, yeah, yeah. in some context. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. Reset in a different context, and you're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I remember that." Yeah, one one that I picked up on this time was the when he's talking with uh, I've forgotten the the guy's name, but the the character that Rafe Spall plays is, is it Noel, the 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 smart ass kid at his work. Yeah, where he's like, you know, what you are like, what twenty, and he's like seventeen, <laughs> and then later on in the pub uh, when they're waiting for Sean, when Sean's like led the zombies away, Daffs is like, you know, we've been waiting twenty minutes, and uh, Ed goes seventeen. <laughs> and it's like the smallest thing, but it's said with the exact same inflection. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that until this time. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't pick up on that at all. Only now that you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, no. Nah. But that's it's a recurring thing that's not just like I guess like that. It's like that's not a setup and payoff where it's like that's what made that joke funny. The the way they say that line is humorous in itself. Um, yeah. There's something about the overall structure that just has so much of like I guess contrast. Of the kind of funny everyday life of, oh, look, we're all zombies going to work and being on the bus and doing mm. our thing anyway. Great opening sequence where he walks down to the corner shop and gets the Coke. And we get yes. like all the little moments and the camera follows. And it's like, okay, there's the kid with the soccer ball. There's the dude washing the windscreen of the car. He trips over. There's the dude, the, cl- the weird cleaning old man that looks like a fucking mm-hmm. zombie just staring at him. Yeah. And then we get to see the contrast of uh, we can see that shit's go- gone, to- gone to shit and he isn't noticing. Uh, but yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. oh, that beautiful polished windshield is now got a hole smashed through it. Yeah, yeah. it's really cleverly done. There's that great yeah. every frame of painting that talks about. I think it was an every frame of painting talks about movie intros and how the the trope of showing a montage of news reports or just 
not even a montage, but a static image of a news report reporting on an outbreak is like an overdone, really boring, uninventive way of doing, yeah. uh, like establishing your world and, and the situation. Mm. And they come up with such funny, inventive ways of channel day. surfing There's- and all of the yeah, lines. Yeah, and it leading, it leading one line into another and stuff. Of reports of <laughs> As people who be literally, literally being eaten alive. <laughs> <laughs> And then it sort of like doesn't quite line up, and he's like, "Wait, wait go back to what? What was that news thing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's really clever, and um, and they managed to have a really good mix of clever kind of in jokes for for people who are familiar with those tropes, but they also like those jokes usually work for the layman as well. Mm, yeah. But also really like just good goofy gags, like some slapstick stuff. Tons of gags, gags, of- gags that you were mentioning in like Toy Story, how how things work so well. Um, that exact same thing of Woody being so animated and then Buzz just doing the littlest thing. It's like when they, yeah, when they yeah, knock yeah, the girl yeah. over um, in the backyard and she yeah. gets the pole ripped through her chest. Exactly, and then she exactly. Bl- like gets back up, pulls the pole off, stands up and we can fucking see the two of them through the through hole them. in her chest. Yeah, and yeah. just the little tiny sound effect of, of the the wind-up disposable <laughs> camera that he's getting yeah, ready to yeah, take yeah, another yeah. photo. And he slaps it out of his hand. He slaps it out. And, and in a, a, like... I went to say in a lesser horror comedy, but I think I mean in an American horror comedy. <laughs> you know, the reaction would be like, "Holy shit!" And that, uh, like it would be all over the top, and there would be no. It would just be like swear. There would be no nuance. Swear really yeah, loudly. Yeah. That'll be entertaining. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have have Seth Rogen like, "Holy shit!" You know, and I, I like Seth Rogen, but. I, I think I think I don't think it's a problem with the actors in those movies. I think it's a problem with the the direction and the writing. Yeah. But anyway, get, so to, get, to get back to this movie and and little little goofy shit like that that shot you were mentioning earlier where it follows into the shop and back, uh, and then the second time there's all the little things that are wrong, and then there's some glaringly obvious shit that he just doesn't notice. Yeah, like when he opens up the door and there's the bloody handprints like on the thing, and, and he then almost as he like slips as, yeah, he, as he turns as he back. turns around. <laughs> yeah, he slips presumably on blood. I think trying to watch it critically. Or not necessarily just critically, but trying to understand like what about this I enjoy and what I don't as much as the other films. Mm-hmm. I think all of my favorite stuff is like before they get to the Winchester, which is uh, the majority okay. of the film because the, it's yeah, basically it's the just first the third hour, act, almost two thirds of the film. So like mm-hmm. saying like oh that all of my favorite stuff is in the first seventy five percent of the movie. <laughs> it's like, in the majority of the movie. That's yeah. the majority of the movie you're talking about. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the stuff about it that I like more in that portion is I think the the romantic plotline, well, not necessarily the romantic plotline, but just the relationship dynamics between him and the girlfriend and the no good friend that's causing all the problems, but he loves him mm. and he doesn't want to like ditch him to improve his own life and all that conflict. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of that that I don't particularly find enjoyable. It's not bad. It's just mm. I think for me personally, it's it's a plotline I really don't enjoy that much. Okay. I don't know. I guess it's just that sort of that thinking about living in that mindset or being in that situation just feels really kind of frustrating and anxious. That I'm like, oh, I don't like this dynamic that the characters are yeah. in. Like yeah, I like yeah, to be in right. a story where all the characters are kind of likable and things work. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's really funny because I I really like that. Uh, that's an aspect of the movie that I I think I get the most out of. Like I get the most out of 
Sean being kind of listless and not knowing what the fuck he's doing and having this mate and 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 you know he loves him and you know they're they're, they're best mates and stuff but he's kind of a a, a drop kick i get a lot out of that stuff cuz i don't know i feel i feel fairly like directionless <laughs> and and wonder what the fuck i'm doing and like i i uh i worry that i'm going to end up in that exact situation uh in terms of like my my living choices i haven't thankfully but um i guess i see a lot of of the flaws in Sean less so in Ed but definitely in Sean um that that in, that's uh indecisiveness yeah i see a lot of myself in that i think a lot of the heart in this movie comes from that i think uh the same way that when we talked about space we mentioned that um in interviews they've been like look if we were to do it we couldn't do another season of that because that's not the people we are anymore it would be yeah. disingenuous i think a lot of the problems that the characters face and a lot of the themes of the film are things that Sean and Edgar would have been grappling with at the time or previously, it feels like they were working through some stuff maybe or, or had some real-world uh, experience to draw from. Yeah, it feels and like I they had some lends, sort of genuine like insight. Yeah, yeah, I think it lends, it, it, it lends a, a level of heart and authenticity to this film that you wouldn't expect to see in a horror comedy. No, no. You know? it's, it's and you don't, you don't see it. You don't see it in, that, in those things. I think maybe I feel like maybe even when I was seeing it for the first time and I was just just a kid, maybe like 16 or 17, and mm. I had never had a relationship before, like me watching the movie, I'm kind of like kicking myself, being like, no, you dumb cunt, you don't, you don't do that, you don't say that. Like, <laughs> I, like having no experience at all with having a girlfriend, like that was stuff that seemed like really obvious to me that sort of irritated right, me. Right, right. Yeah, okay. Which is, yeah, sort of funny. And maybe... In a sense, that stuff, uh, you know, because it's sort of st- when we talked about it with Toy Story, where if characters are doing something just for the sake of like, so plot will happen, mm-hmm. it can be irritating because this doesn't feel genuine. And that's not what I'm. Yeah, yeah. That's not what I mean here. But I guess by contrast, the film is so well written with all of its lines and dialogue that then when mm-hmm. it comes to this and yeah, it is in his character and it does make sense and it's motivated that he's a dumb cunt and doesn't. Yeah like know how to do that shit right but when he does the wrong stuff you feel like this is so obvious dude it's so obvious don't do that i yeah yeah i i I understand exactly what you're saying but i again i even watching this i get more out of it as as i get older because you're like like directly relating to that shit (laughs) yeah yeah i find it so funny because i'm like i have absolutely been that or felt like that out of my depth with just adulthood like i've i've been i've felt so worried that i'm in like a state of arrested development you know and i think i think uh it it reminds me a bit of the thing the the stuff we're talking about with pixar last week that rule that they wrote for themselves where it's like you should it was was like you should admire your character for trying not for succeeding or something along those lines i i like that this is a dude just trying to get his life together on like a very like relatable <laughs> yeah like a realistic level it, it's a it's a really simply told story with characters that can be empathized with on a really broad level but you can also read into like specifics of it like for where you know you've got stuff to uh where you've got similar experiences and stuff so i really like seeing him go from being uh completely inept to being slightly less so by the end of the movie and he's had to like he's been forced to make some really difficult decisions where previously he he couldn't even decide to like properly quit smoking or 
go to the gym or do any of those things for his own relationship. He's had yeah. to make some really fucking really grown up decisions uh, in the moment and he has done so. And by the end of it, he's kind of got his life together just enough to keep going. It's not, it's, it, it feels, again, we've talked about this with other movies where it feels kind of true to life in the way that it's not, you don't completely change over the course of a couple a of days because yeah. of some grand event. You don't change in 90 minutes irreparably. You, you make, it, it's life. You make little adjustments and you try to keep that shit going. And you get the impression that by the end, he's still at his core himself, but he's a slightly better version of the Sean that we met at the start. Yeah. I really like that. Totally. I, I do agree with that. It's difficult because then, yeah, what what I said about liking the earlier parts of the movie more, it's like, but yeah, he does get more competent as the movie goes on. So in theory, those should be the parts that I find less irritating or anxiety inducing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I can also, I can think of times like you were just saying as, as, as you get older, yeah, I can look back at situations and I go and I can be like, I was such a fucking clueless, dumb idiot. Yeah, that yeah, was completely yeah, yeah. not reading the situation like how it was because of whatever like shit I had in my head. <laughs> I'll leave him alone. All right, I admit he can be pretty funny on occasion. At that time, we stayed up all night drinking apple schnapps and playing Tekken too. <laughs> it's literally that that that, and I think this is what I love about the dialogue is that, uh, like I said earlier, it, it's it's heightened in that it's back and forth, really rapid fire, funny, witty dialogue, but. People, they speak like the way people do. We're not in fucking college anymore. We're not in, we're not in high school. Like, <laughs> when was that? That was five years ago. It's like, yeah. Where's he going? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's really clever. There's lots of moments where it has that hallmark Edgar Wright, really full of like style and substance of doing really mundane everyday things. He sits down and it's player two has entered the game. And then he's like, don't you have work? And player two is this. Left the game. Yeah, he's left the game, yeah, yeah, And then yeah. you just get, like, the really, like, that that momentum with the sound effects of the whooshing of the, like, yeah, brushing the, the teeth, yeah. doing the coffee, and you're like, yeah, that's a really f- fucking efficient time-wise um, and visual-wise mm-hmm. to get across, like, he's been gotten ready for work because if that was yeah. just a scene, that would be really boring. Yeah, it's efficient but also stylish. Stylish, uh, like, mini montage of... Mm. of that stuff but i feel like there's something about the momentum that doesn't that feels like it ramps up with those and then it really just like slows down to being a little bit more normally cut for the dialogue scenes compared to Mm. how hot fuzz and world's end does it yeah hot fuzz and world's end uh, i think by then or certainly with with hot fuzz that that's and i think that's a case of that movie being more of a genre piece this very much feels like a uh, like a continuation of the spaced kind of style of, of yeah. almost sitcom characters, and I think I I, I was reading uh, uh, there was a, a fairly recent um, interview with Edgar Wright. We was talking about this, saying like that this was essentially like a zombie movie from the point of view of two like total nuff nuffs. Like it's like characters that you wouldn't even see in a zombie movie. Instead yeah. of like the gorgeous leads saving the world, finding a cure, whatever, doing whatever, we're following like two cunts who didn't even realize an apocalypse was going on. Yeah, they this were film actually takes place in the World War Z cinematic universe, and Brad Pitt's off getting in yeah, planes, exactly, flying exactly. around the world, <laughs> exactly, trying to find a cure yeah. and shit. And 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 Simon Pegg's like uh, the Winchester. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it does, it does for the dialogue scenes, you're right, it does kind of slow down and become a lot less, I guess, cinematic or um, stylized, yeah. stylish. Yeah, I think both of those things. But still really, still really well shot. There's still, the camera still moves with intention and purpose i think when it does like the the shot where they're in the when they're in the pub and he's like uh ed's talking about the different people in the pub and yeah they're, they're highlighting different details and stuff that's still shot very cinematically yeah very nice uh, when the camera moves in on ed as he's been like i'm not saying i'm, I'm gonna bombard you with cliches da, 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 da. it's not the end of the world boom hand on the window i guess it's it's what you pointed out that this has sort of very real more down-to-earth characters and dialogue where mm. i'd say hot fuzz it's almost all of the dialogue's like heightened and shot in that really yeah, stylistic heightened way. That there's yes, like a tension yeah. to it that you're like, oh, something's off. Where mm-hmm. this is more the joke yeah. is that it's like we can see what's off and the characters are oblivious to there being zombies everywhere. Yeah, exactly. When the, like, I mean, when the the two are passionate out the back at the front of the pub, and then when they turn away, one of their <laughs> head falls off. Yeah, exactly. And again, again, we mentioned that shot earlier where he's walking back from the shop and there's zombies, and we can see. Who the people who we saw the day before who are now zombies, like getting closer and closer to the point where he walks past the homeless man who's now a zombie, still thinking he's a homeless man, and being like, oh, sorry, "Sorry, I don't have any change. Didn't, didn't, didn't even have enough, enough for the bloody thing. shop." Yeah, <laughs> that line fucking kills me. A lot of people uh, like talking about this movie, being like, "Oh, they go to a pub, like they go to a pub to do da, 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 a zombie movie pub." I love the fact that they go to his mum's place. Like, I love the fact that it's a zombie apocalypse, but he's like, I've still got to go, oh, no, I've got to go to mum's today. Like, (laughs) that's so fucking funny and so, like, it's just fucking banal and you don't see that in in, in generally in, you know, these sorts of movies. No, I think this has that, it's a very British quality of, like, oh, you didn't call... The ambulance, did you? It's it's nothing. Like I didn't want to oh, cause a bother. Dude. Like that, I, like being like, nah, let's not make a fuss out of it. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, like- I get, I get, <laughs> I get more and more uh, emotional at the mum dying uh, in this movie every time I watch it because more and more she rese- like my mum is resembling the the <laughs> Sean's mum in that she's just like getting you know older, um, like moving around less um, and and more and more like the way the mum talks where she's like she's almost ignoring what's going on like there's genuine yeah. tension Sean's trying like being urgent and she's like you know I'll put on sandwiches then yeah. or, you know just that sort of thing my mum does the yeah. same shit so when she when she uh, you know dies and stuff I'm always like oh, bruh <laughs> and, um, and that whole sequence the like don't point that gun at my mum is Heartbreaking, and then it's immediately followed by "Don't point that gun at Barbara." <laughs> like I love the way we've talked about this with space, but the way they managed to like, I think in space they diffuse tension by making it null, like making the conflict just disappear. Like when uh, they're trying to sneak into the the comic book guy's place, and the security guy comes up and immediately is like, he knows Nick Frost's character, and they're like, "Oh, hey, how you doing? Yeah, no, good." And then like just have a, a bit of chit chat, and then done conflict over here it's like they managed to not diffuse the tension the tension's still there but suddenly you're laughing at the same time as this thing with the you know oh they got a bright and then you know she's a zombie don't say that (laughs) like so good when um ed hands diane the bowl she's like this isn't exactly fair and he's like and grabs a fucking corkscrew yeah so they can have a bit of a mexican standoff yeah, yeah. It's uh, I guess it's a it's a testament to that they're getting better at their craft if they're able to keep the dramatic tension going while still throwing in jokes mm. and not yeah, losing totally. any of those stakes. 
yeah, it feels feels almost like maybe previously. I mean, previously, uh, like space was a sitcom, and it was kind of vamping on on um, those tropes and taking that stuff so seriously. But this is not quite a not quite a genre piece in the way that Hot Fuzz is, but it's more steeped in its genre. It's more yeah. it's taking things a little more seriously. Yeah, when it's talking about the per- like personal relationships, life and death stuff. It's yeah, definitely doing yeah. it very seriously. And like Simon Pegg's performance is really good as well, that he's able to perform all of the the gags like pitch perfect, mm. but then also switch it on for the really emotional shit. Yeah, yeah, totally. And not I don't know, play it play the, the emotional stuff really straight faced even while Nick is is, you know, doing his thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and but like how can you not have that tension when fucking Bernard Black is such a cunt in this movie? <laughs> he is. Yeah, yeah. That's the something f- we should talk about. The, perf- the performances in this movie are just uh, uh, fantastic across the board. Yeah, everyone's great. The bloody, yeah, when they knock him down and then he fucking <gasps> pulls the trigger and it's empty, you're yeah. like, whoa, you piece of yeah. shit. Like, even, even his girlfriend's like, David. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it, it, it's just like a new level of uh, like hate and resentment for that character after that happens. Yeah, just like, yeah. you fucking kidding me. And then he's like weaselly dealing with the fact that he's like, okay, that didn't yeah. go as I'm planned. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm leaving. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, fucking slug. Yeah. And, then, yeah, and got- then just as he's kind of like on the verge of maybe redeeming himself, they, he gets torn open. Yeah, like oh well, god, oh so, my god! I remember the first time watching that that scene, just being like my mouth hanging open, and my dad being like, "You okay?" And I'm like, hey, "Shut the fuck up!" Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that was the. Because I, I think this little... would have been the first like real dismemberment I'd ever seen. I think I'd seen Gremlins up to that point, which mm. has some some you know viscera, but god damn, I was older, so most of the movie I didn't find scary, but that one really grossed me out and blew my, blew yeah. my socks off because mm. I was had become very uh, um, enthralled in zombie stuff, but I hadn't. I think at this point I was like a big into Resident Evil, had watched uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake but mm-hmm. maybe not the original by then. I think I'd seen Night of the Living Dead. But then, yeah, uh, so I wasn't aware that the classic George Romero zombie movies of uh, Day of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead yeah. have that level of dismem- dismemberment and gore, but I'd never seen that from a legit zombie movie, let alone mm. a comedy zombie movie. So when it happened, it mm. was just so out of left field. And I was just like, oh, mm. my God, that's so fucking gross. Like, it really, yeah. really, like, yeah, just grossed me out. All of the, like, gory kind of set pieces in this movie are, are, are spaced out so nicely that they all feel really distinct and they never they never feel cheap either. Like I've noticed in a lot of uh, horror comedies uh, these days. I, I watched uh, the Babysitter last night um, oh, yes. for the first time, and I'd heard some people saying that that was a really good horror comedy. I I disagree. Mm-hmm. But in that, like the so much of the gore kind of set piece gore stuff is just spraying blood in an actor's face. Yeah, so much. Of like it. it's the same. It's the same bit over and over. This this manages to have some really uh, like it brings something new to the zombie genre. It brings some new distinct and unique ideas to zombie killing which yeah, i mean this was put out in 2004 that 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 genre is 
Yeah, done to death by Fuck, then. Fuck, man. Done to death by then. Although, let's let's just take an aside to, to say I, I enjoyed that little mini review of The Babysitter and wh- what you described not being funny of just blood getting sprayed on characters' faces over and over in the film. Okay, we're going to talk evil. You're going to say Evil Dead? You do love Evil Dead 2. <laughs> I love Evil Dead 2. And that but is a characteristic that, that, of that film. <laughs> let, me, let me think for a second because I do love that in Evil Dead 2 and I thought of that earlier uh, when I was thinking about this movie. I was like, it does a bunch of stuff that... I like okay just really quick on the babysitter and I think it relates to to this movie I can bring it around to this movie uh, and to Evil Dead and stuff the stuff that I like about the babysitter it has aspects that it does well like I think the performances are at least fun it does have some cool it's got gore it's got things that should be good but it's not in service of anything I would I would argue that in, in Evil Dead it's in service of just Sam Raimi going ham like it's it's <laughs> It was one of the movies that pioneered that as a as a uh, as a thing, like the splat stick kind of genre. Like it, it does that. It's it goes all in on that. Whereas I think the babysitter wants to be a bunch of different things and doesn't really excel at being anything. It's not funny enough to be a good comedy. It's not scary enough to be a good horror film. Yeah. Okay. Whereas I think I, I think um, this excels at being a, a, an excellent comedy and a very very uh, like it scared me as a kid, but I think even as an adult, I think it it's a very um, competent horror film. Well, that was a very good explanation. I, I, I don't you. need to delete the episode of Evil Dead Two now because it's null and void. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we were talking about performances before. Like, you've got a really bloody good cast mm-hmm. just as supporting characters go. Like, you've got Bill Nye as the stepdad. Oh, my God. He's, he's amazing. Wonderful. And then, yeah, like, you've got your black books. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dylan from Moran's the office, David. All of mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, and then also you've got your, um, your spaced cameo. Where they, yeah, they bump Jessica in Stevenson kind of coming back, yeah, and uh, she's got her crew of doppelgangers, and it's another yeah, person yeah. from the office, and someone from Little Britain, mm-hmm. and uh, Marsha from Space as well, and yeah, it's just really great little little bits. Totally, um, Peter Serafinowitz as Pete, the the housemate, is is fantastic as well. Dwayne Benzie. Yeah, totally. After they 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 bump into all those little doppelgangers, and then they get to the Winchester, mm-hmm. and there's all the zombies there, which is a sick like money shot of like a hundred zombies all mm-hmm. on screen. It's very cool. They're they're doing their zombie shuffle to the Winchester, and mm-hmm. uh, this is when I noticed for the first time tires in yeah, the crowd. Yeah, tires is a, in a there. Zombified tires, same costume, same actor. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Yeah. I noticed the hat and I was like, I've got to, got to fucking rewind that. That was Tyus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. This this feeling like a spiritual successor to Spaced is, I mean, really helped along by those cameos. But even just the characters, like, like Sean as a character is quite similar to, uh, Christ, I've forgotten it, Tim, Tim. Um, in spaced and the relationship that he that is hinted at between him and uh, Yvonne seems like they they could that, that they could have had a similar friendship to the one with the Tim and Daisy in spaced. Yeah. Uh, even the soundtrack in this movie, uh, which is fantastic, has I swear to God some tracks that are from the spaced soundtrack, uh, if not just very very similar um, sounding ones. But I feel like that's a that, that's a good uh, segue into the soundtrack for this movie. Fucking fantastic, dude. The the more obvious stuff, like the the Queen number where they're hitting yeah. in time with the beats and stuff. That's the that's the big standout that everyone thinks of. Yeah, first. yeah. The poor cues. Totally. 
the the music when they're in the in the car and um ed's driving like a maniac is is great and then that that comes back to a really good gag where he's like yeah, he's not my yeah. dad and then she's like oh, come on and he's like he was but he's not anymore i really think you don't listen to me mom listen there's not even your husband in there okay i know it looks like him but there is nothing of the man you loved in that car now nothing <laughs> yeah again a really cool gag that that does also like i don't know serve the the narrative and stuff and then uh the use of is it zombie nation that like i do not know the name when he's on the bus uh I'm going to assume you're correct. And then even even the the like the the original pieces of music are really fucking nice in in their own right. The music that kicks in when David's getting torn apart, that it brings yeah. in this like little this little beat and this like dee, 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 thing on the on the keys, and you're just like, oh my god, it's kicking off! <laughs> and it's just utter gore and viscera and chaos. Fucking Ed finally gets bitten, and you're like, no. I guess that's sort of also a frustrating thing for me is when they're in the Winchester because I like that was something that I would do with my mates when we get in where we started liking zombie stuff. We're like we would we would just daydream at school and be like, okay, so a zombie apocalypse happens. Like, what do we do? And we're like coming up with <laughs> yeah. scenarios. It's like, all right, where would we go? What 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 rooms would we barricade? Um, and yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so watching that, I'm like. What was the fucking plan? They just broke through every fucking window at once. You guys, you're fucking useless. <laughs> That's fair. Talking on that, I think like this this movie had a huge impact on, I guess, the way people could imagine uh, like a horror comedy thing existing or like a a genre comedy thing being done where you've got these characters who aren't like self-aware but they're they're fans or they're kind of nerdy yeah um they're like pop culture obsessed kind of slacker characters i i feel like a, a lot of movies after this uh tried to do a similar thing but fumble it mm-hmm. i think like a big the biggest one is probably Zombieland, where again it's not a parody uh of that genre film it is a like zombie for zombie genre film with comedic elements where they're making mm. jokes during the zombie apocalypse and stuff. Yeah. And also trying I, I to be they're trying to be like all snazzy with their 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 camera shots and editing as well. Yeah. Like there's a little bit of that yeah. stylistic stuff in Zombieland as well, but it's just not doesn't even come close. It, it, it falls it falls really flat. And I think something that movies that try to ape this fuck up is that they'll have the kind of and it's not just zombie movies horror horror comedies or kind of self-aware horror movies um will have the like pop culture obsessed slacker character but they're presented with a kind of reverence that i don't think this movie does like this movie isn't like fucking look sean hey man <laughs> what he's, a fucking he's, legend. he's flawed but like but what a what a legend no he's a fucking schlub <laughs> yeah he's pretty pathetic. Uh, like he's he's pre- he's pathetic and and like but relatably so like you don't love him for being pathetic you love him because he has the same pathetic qualities that you have you know <laughs> uh you don't you don't love him because like i, I don't look at sean and go fuck bro that's me because he plays PlayStation, I go fuck, bro. That's me. Because he's a fucking inept man child. Like that's that's what you should be getting out of. That's what you should be trying to emulate in in these movies. Sean and Ed, similar to the way Tim and and Daisy spoke in Spaced, they speak the way actual like functioning pop culture nerds and and slackers talk. 
Yeah. They don't talk like fucking Big Bang Theory characters. <laughs> yeah, they talk a- like people who 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 that that you know pop culture has has had an impact on them. But you know, but, but Bazinga. <laughs> and I think that it's it's that subtlety is also in the uh, the references that the film makes itself, like the the references to other zombie movies or to other horror movies or to other movies in general, aren't so on the nose that it feels like it's going hey hey hey. You know? Yeah, we said the same thing with Toy Story. That they're like they're supplementary things that you, if you know it, you see it, and you go, "Oh, that's nice," but it doesn't just yeah. take you out of it. For them trying exactly. to be like, "Look, c- c- we've got pop culture cred. Here's a name yeah. drop of a bunch of stuff." Yeah, the that same funny? way I think what Scream did for slasher movies, this did for zombie movies. I think the movies that came after Scream try to be like self-aware slasher movie, and after this, it felt like people trying to do like slacker zombie comedy thing or like self-aware horror movie zombie thing mm, and i yeah. think they they fall flat because they kind of miss the point yeah well so much so much so with zombie movies because it got to the point where pop culture is so aware of zombie movies that then the characters in the zombie movies are aware of it's completely like meta and, and fourth not fourth wall breaking but it's like in universe they're living in our world where zombie movies are really popular so they've seen a bunch of zombie movies so like the same way that you know like if there's a vampire and someone's like so does it work like in the dracula book or does it work like this and so then you get a completely rework uh, of the genre later on with something like walking dead where they're like no no the premise in this world is that there's no zombie pop culture so they don't mm. have the word zombie nobody goes oh mm. i know what this is and recognizes it yeah. from movies it's a brand new thing that has never existed in this world I think what what makes pop culture obsessed slacker thing work for me in this and not in other things is that it's not it's not made like plot critical. It's it's a part of their character, but it's not like they're watching a zombie movie and talking about how they'd survive a zombie apocalypse and then oh my god, we've got to survive a zombie apocalypse. Like it's yeah. not that on the nose. Sean calls her um failed actress is giving them tips on how to perform like the zombie that they've got stapled to the the tree and then it's like i'll do it on the night he's like this is the night and he does it he's like what the fuck was that and he's like oh what you can do a better one and then sean does a really good zombie impression yeah he's like oh that is pretty good yeah it's it's like context like backstory for that character it's like oh he's a nerd he's seen a lot of movies he knows how to impersonate a zombie. It's yeah, it's not on the nose. It's just like a little subtle. It, it, it sprinkling. doesn't. It avoids. It avoids really obvious jokes. Like it feels like it. It's quite a disciplined take on the zombie comedy movie because it doesn't feel like it's trying to, like they're trying to show the audience how clever they are or how many zombie movies they've watched. Like look how aware mm. of the zombie genre we are. Look at all these references we can make. It's like okay, we understand this genre. Let's try and make actual jokes. Let's try and write an actual comedy within this that doesn't go for any of the obvious bits and, like, flirts with it almost, like the... the zombies, any zombies out there? there? Don't, don't say that. What? That? Zed word. Why not? Because it's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Are there any other, though? And then, like, get on with it, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess it's it's like what you are saying where it sort of comes from that sitcom style that Space was. A, a situation comedy, but it's the situation is zombie apocalypse. Like, that's, yeah, that's totally, kind of how totally. it works. And so they're writing jokes for the situation, not just as references to other shit. Yeah, it's almost it's them having to navigate this like rom-com situation in the midst of a zombie apocalypse. We, we've talked about this before. I've mentioned this before. And I think this was probably the, like, uh, this and, and Hot Fuzz absolutely were like patient zero for this being something that that 
excites me and fascinates me um, as an idea is these like larger than life, ridiculous things occurring in really mundane, small uh, towns or, or everyday settings. I've had this idea in my head uh, for, for what I'd like to uh, do with some stuff with my band. I, so I play in a band called Triple Kill um, and the music videos we've, I've, I've produced for that have all been mostly like kind of sketch comedy uh goofy shit and something that i've that i have wanted to do with that is take a bunch of like tired or or established genre things and have the band as those characters kind of interrupt someone else's story and i think that's what this movie kind of does it's like what what we said earlier the again this this interview being from apparently from 2020 this movie being from the point of view of two bit players i like the idea of like these fucking schlubs interrupting the like the gorgeous leads story it's someone Mm. else's story and then these other characters show up and just kind of fuck everything up or like (laughs) just interrupt or just be generally annoying um and i think this this movie does that to a degree and it does the the big things happening in small places thing it's just a kind of sandwich it's a kind of sandwich um you mentioned earlier that you think this would be your least favorite of the three Mm mm-hmm um, I think uh, Hot Fuzz is spoilers. Hot Fuzz is my favorite of the three. I think we're on the same page there. Yeah, you mentioned Hot Fuzz being your favorite earlier, right? Yeah, I'm undecided. I'm undecided. Okay, all right. Well, look, I'll say Hot Fuzz is absolutely my favorite. I'm undecided as to whether Shaun of the Dead or World's End are is second. second or third. They okay. they they flip for me. Yeah. I feel like, and we'll talk about this when we get to the World's End. But I feel like they're kind of two sides of the same coin for me. I like them equally for different reasons in in many ways. So I'm not sure, man. I I love this movie. I find this. I think I find this the most easy to rewatch uh, because it's got the shortest runtime. It's really it's quite succinct. It, again, it's a simple story, really well told, um, with a really broad appeal, but also a lot of depth. And I think I like the way I like the way it's shot because it's got that kind of sitcom quality or like a cinematic sitcom quality. It has a kind of slightly less polished, uh, less precise quality that I guess I we've talked about this before. But seeing something and seeing it as like achievable, yeah. Uh, I think that's why I really like coming back to this movie because I look at it and go, I think I could, I, I think I could pull something like this off, or and something hot nearing and you go, oh, this quality. Fuck. This is. Or then like I watch Hot so Fuzz and I'm like, this, this is serious as a fucking heart attack. Yeah. And then the world's <laughs> end is like, okay, this is this is so polished. This is like, yeah. almost almost alienating. Yeah, it's it's a, it's achieving like the David Fincher level of perfectionism about your craft, yeah. but for comedies yeah yeah totally totally yeah and i don't think that there's anybody like edgar wright for that when you're talking about all of the comedies in terms of not just dialogue but techniques yeah um, yeah inventive editing and sound effect and visuals and, and and dialogue and all of those things together working together and working together consistently throughout like i think that's something that um again we talked about the or I, I mentioned the babysitter earlier and i don't mean to shit on this movie so much and i'm not i'm not i'm not shitting on it i'm just saying an aspect about that movie that i thought oh cool was the stylish kind of like graphics appearing on screen but it wasn't consistent enough for it to feel like it was uh, like a unique yeah. selling point when it of only the movie pops up a couple of times you're kind of like oh that was yeah. kind of out of place it doesn't kind feel of like arbitrarily. that's the, the actual tone of the film yeah yeah it feels like a, a a bunch of ideas none of them really working together some of them at odds feeling quite disparate whereas this and um hot fuzz and and world's world's end all feel really well thought out 
again, this just has that kind of flying flying by the seat of your pants a little bit more, a little, little bit little bit more rock and roll, uh, this movie, I think. Yeah, it, it has that feel to it, but like you said, it, it sort of achieves everything it sets out to do. There's not really any major flaws where you go, oh, yeah, like this really missed the mark or mm. there's, a, there's a few jokes that didn't land or, you know, other, like the emotional uh, levels, they, they didn't ring true. Uh, because yeah. the comedy was was too goofy, I couldn't take that stuff seriously. So yes. it's it's definitely an accomplishment. But I would say I don't think it's the best to rewatch. I think I get less out of this on recurring viewings than I do mm-hmm. when I watch the other two. I feel okay. like I'm ga- I gain like heaps more every time I watch those. It's it's a funny um, conclusion that they decide instead of like, oh, we've completely wiped the zombies, like the zombie virus is gone. They were like, hey, they in, in Romero style, they've retained a lot of their like previous life knowledge. So it made them yeah. really good at, at menial tasks. It, yeah, like being the service fucking, industry. Yeah, tro- trolley boy at the supermarket and stuff. And that Sean can have his nice life with his girlfriend where he's got his shit together, but then he can go out to the garden shed and play video games yeah. with yeah, his yeah. with his useless mate. Again, he still retains just that that bit of of himself, um, while also being a slightly better version of himself. Yeah, and man, that's that's all I strive for in life is just, just a slightly better version s- of yourself. Start each year just going, hey, I'm less of a bum than I was this time last <laughs> year. You know, that's right. I think it's it stood the test of time. It will continue to do so. Uh, it's had such an impact and such a, a, a legacy, and it kicked off a fucking amazing trilogy. So, well, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to support us, the best thing you can do at this point is uh, just share the podcast. Uh, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, rating and reviewing is also incredibly helpful. We'd love to know what you thought of this week's episode. You can tweet us at Rose Tint Review. You can hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at Rose Tinted Review. And tell us. Do you want anything from the shops? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. What would you want from the shops? Cornetto. <laughs> Uh, next episode, we are going to be, of course, following this up with Hot Fuzz, the 2007, I want to say. The 2007 perfect film. The 2007 perfect film from uh, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg and Nick Cross's Dream Team. Dream Team! Woo. Oh, my God. I, th- this is... Yeah, this, this is, is gonna, exciting. It's going to be big. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Watch the film. Please. If you ha- oh man oh man if you haven't watched if you haven't watched any of these movies I envy you I was thinking about this last night I was like I'm sad that I'll never yeah, I'll, I'll never get to experience these things for the first time ever again yeah I'm gonna be chasing that fucking dragon till I die I'm gonna end up on heroin by the end of this fucking trilogy dude <laughs> just looking for a, something to feel as good as seeing Hot Fuzz again for the first time oh dear so join us next time where we find out whether or not I have a heroin addiction. <laughs> Whether our hindsight is truly 2020 uh, or if we've just been wearing rose-tinted glasses. What are you just shooting, man? Ed, for the last time... I fucking knew it! What did I tell you? Big Al was right. Okay. Dogs can look up.